Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is a podcast where I review a comic book, new or old, from my collection and rate it on various factors. This week, however, I'm going to continue my trend that I started last week where I do a quick synopsis of the first issues debuting this week. If you like the format change of the podcast, let me know. VMCompos at VMCompos.com. You can email me or tweet at me on Twitter, VMCompos. Just let me know if you like this sort of new direction of, of the podcast. I'm going to give it a shot for a little while. Anyway, so the series will be that these are the comic books. These are the first issues and such. Maybe collections if a week is, a, is light. But these are the first issues that are debuting this week. So we'll do a quick talk about them. First up, we've got Marvel. Starting off with Star Wars High Republic number one, second printing. So if you've been living under a rock, Star Wars High Republic is a brand new comic that everyone instantly fell in love with. It totally sold out. It's so valuable now because it's starting a new chapter in the Star Wars Marvel Comics printing. Here's a synopsis from first printing. Before the Skywalker Saga, the golden age of the Jedi. A new era of Star Wars storytelling begins. It is centuries before the Skywalker saga. The Jedi are at their height, protecting the galaxy as Republic pioneers push out into new territories. So we've got new Jedi, new ships, new evils to fight. And it really resonated with the people. First issue sold out. This week we've got second printing. We've got a whole multimedia empire coming out. And this is one to check out. Written by Kavan Scott. Art by Ario Anindito. Next is technically not a Marvel comic. It's published by Insight Editions, but it's a Deadpool publication. This is Marvel's Cooking with Deadpool. The cover says over 60 recipes from the Merc with a Mouth. So yes, this is a real cookbook focused on the cuisine of Deadpool. Written by Scott Campbell. The synopsis is, no superhero takes food quite as seriously as Deadpool. In this gorgeously designed cookbook that paid reviewers have described as glorious and the best cookbook I've ever read, Deadpool offers his take on a curated collection of Epicurean classics. And so it says here, favorites include chimichangas, tacos, pancakes, and hamburgers with no pickles. This is $29.99 and is like the next level of Deadpool fandom. You love his comics, you love his statues, how about his cookbook? Oh, I forgot to mention also, subtitled here, Recipes by Elena Craig. So a real cookbook, as dictated by Deadpool. Moving over to the distinguished competition, I'm picking Future State Nightwing number one of two. We've got a few variant covers. I'm going with the plain old Yasmin Putri cover. A very cool atmospheric cover with Nightwing atop the Arkham Asylum, gates, rain, and a lightning bolt in the background. I'm really enjoying the Future State design. I kind of like it when they use a style throughout the whole event. It's hearkening me back to the DC 1 million which I'm sure there's been many more since then, but this one just stands out in that way. The graphic design of it, that is. All right, so Batman is gone. Now Nightwing has taken on the mission of keeping the citizens of Gotham City safe from the Magistrate. 
But to do that, he'll have to stay one step ahead of the magistrate. And you know things have gotten bad in Gotham when the safest place for Dick to hide out is the abandoned Arkham Asylum. Pretty epic. So we've got a lot of these future state stories taking place either in the not-too-distant future, such as Nightwing, or in the far-flung future, like Wonder Woman. Second pick is Future State Shazam, number one of two. I like the Gerald Parcel cardstock variant. It's a very epic cover. Billy Batson transforming into Shazam, very impressionistic, sort of like splatters of color. No one's seen Billy Batson in years, not since the incident known as the Final Battle of Titans Island. Now leading a small band of heroes, even his allies have begun to ask who's controlling Earth's mightiest mortal. In a story set years after the events of Future State, Teen Titans, learn the truth behind the sacrifice Billy made to imprison an ultimate evil even he couldn't destroy. So this one is uh, future along in the Future State timeline compared to the Nightwing timeline. So again, it's pretty cool to have stories that are happening now and stories happening in the future. Here's another first issue. Over at Archie Comics, we've got Riverdale Presents Southside Serpents, number one. Uh, it's a one-shot. Written by David Barnett and art by Richard Ortiz. F.P. Jones is worried for the future of the Southside Serpents. That's Jughead's dad. The biker gang is getting old and finding it hard to attract fresh blood. But F.P. has a plan, and it revolves around his son, Jughead. Hunted by the most fearsome biker gangs in the state, an unwilling Jughead has to step up into the role of a leader to guide the serpents on a perilous journey. Now, full disclosure, I was watching perhaps hate-watching, Riverdale for several seasons. I uh, couldn't quite believe I kept coming back to it season after season. And uh, eventually, on a recent season, I said, uh, no more. But I got to the plots where Jughead became leader of this gang. And I guess this is the comic book adaptation of that. Interior art is pretty cool. It's a mannered, cartoony style. The actors are caricatured pretty well, but still in a nice cartoony style that I enjoy. Great colorization and panel layouts. I can't quite tell if this is a prequel or like the official comics adaptation of it, but it's a one-shot, so it'll be self-contained. And if you're into Riverdale, you gotta check this out. Next up at Oni Press, We've got Rick and Morty presents Deathstalkers number one. Now I'm confused. I thought Oni Press lost the license to Rick and Morty because I recall that the main Rick and Morty series ended at issue 60. But they've still published more one-shots, I guess? Well, not even one-shots. They published Rick and Morty in Hell and Rick and Morty Happily Ever After and all of that. So do they still have the license or what? I don't know. So anyway, this is written by Stephanie Phillips, and we've got art by Ryan Lee. In the ruins of Seattle, Hammerhead searches for more Isotope 322 to clear his name of a most heinous crime, being boring. So Rick and Morty, I was on board with the first episode. Actually, let me pull out my hipster card. I saw the first preview of Rick and Morty at Comic-Con. I was able to get to the Adult Swim panel and see that preview of, of Rick and Morty. And then I started on the first season and I was completely blown away by, what was it, the sixth episode, Rick Potion number nine? It just blew me away. I sang the gospel of Rick and Morty to everyone that would hear. 
Um, season one was tremendous. Season two was also very enjoyable, but I felt it slightly less enjoyable. And then by season three, I don't know if I'm like a curmud- I'm a curmudgeonly old man now, but I'm not the big Rick and Morty fan that I used to be. Maybe the little independent show that could is too mainstream for everyone. But I still love the comics because they involve you more. As I always talk about, I enjoy the comic adaptations of things more than the movie or TV adaptations because you can be an active participant in the story in your mind compared to the passive experience of watching a movie. But that's just my two cents. Check out Rick and Morty presents Deathstalkers. We've got a few scout comics that I recommend. Loot number one of six. This is part of their new Scoot imprint. So we've got Scoot as an imprint of Scout, written by Don Hanfield and Richard Drainer, art by K. Lynn Smith. Orphaned at birth, serial kleptomaniac Emily Doe was lucky to be adopted by Viola Jackson, the cop who kept arresting her. Now grown up, sort of. Emily D. Jackson works for her newly retired mom in loss prevention at a big box superstore by day and turns her passion for theft into part-time treasure hunting on the side. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, This is uh, the Scoot imprint, so it's a little bit more like for the uh, younger comic book fans. The price is a very affordable $1.99, and I'm totally on board with this. We need more younger comic book fans coming into the fandom all the time, and I think if we create stories for them at an affordable price, we'll hook them young and keep comics going for a long time. On the opposite end of this of this all-ages comic is Stake, number one. It is written by David A. Byrne and art by Francesca Fantini. Three years ago, vampires announced their presence to the world in grand fashion. In one instant, Angel lost her two best friends and her existence changed forever. Now as a member of the Vampire Bounty Hunter Union and with the help of her ancient vampiric mentor, Jessamy, she's out to track down the bloodthirsty monsters who destroyed her life. She is Stake. So this one's not for kids. It's a bloody vampire tale with bounty hunting and action. I love the cover. It's got this great kinetic style to it. And the interior art is really nice. It's black and white, but tinged with splashes of red. And not just for the blood, which there seems to be plenty of, but also for things such as the red record button on a phone, various fonts here and there, or lipstick for effect. So I like that they do that. A few splashes of color in an otherwise black and white world. The last Scout Comics book for the moment is Sweet Downfall Number 1, written by Stefano Cardoselli and art by The Same. Johnny is an old model crash test dummy who's been repurposed as a hitman for the Don Vito Coriasi of sprawling ocean-bound city-state Santa Clara City. Johnny is loyal and follows orders to a T until his latest mission when he's tasked with bringing in a mermaid, a delicacy with healing properties. When Johnny falls in love with the mermaid and decides to save her, the chase is on. Enjoy the first issue of this non-stop action comic followed by the entire story collected soon after in one volume. That's pretty interesting, this sort of paradigm. It's the first issue, it's $3.99, and then after that you get the whole graphic novel collected as one. 
The cover art is a very sort of grungy style, very detailed, feels very European, something out of Metal Hurlant, aka Heavy Metal. And I have tinges of Scud, the disposable assassin here, Rob Schraub's magnum opus. So it seems pretty interesting. Something off the beaten path, Mermaids and Assassins. Moving over to Source Point Press, we've got Damned Cursed Children, number one of five for mature readers. Howard Wong and Josh Stafford are the writers, and Robin Simon Ng is the artist. In the sudden aftermath of a series of horrifying attacks, a group of strangers are, are forced together in a city gone mad. How will they overcome every human instinct and do the unimaginable to survive in a world with damned cursed children? So it seems to be it's a Night of the Living Dead or The Walking Dead, but everyone is children. And aren't children the scariest thing? These unformed humans that still haven't fully learned right from wrong and operate in the darkest recesses of the id? And now they've been zombified. The cover looks pretty scary. It's got four kids breaking down a door with a woman on the other side in abject terror. The cover also gives me hints of the classic Tales from the Crypt, EC Comics of the 50s. Next up, we've got Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job. This is part of the Dead End Kids saga. It's an all-new entry in this shared universe. Written by Frank Gogol, art by Nanad Svitkanin. Seven years after the deadly events of September 11th, Three teens struggle with the long-term fallout of the tragic day. But these former friends are brought back together when they find themselves in the crosshairs of a local drug dealer who's out for blood. So mixing real-world events with fiction should be pretty interesting. And if you're into the Dead End Kids saga, here's a new entry. One of the things that caught my attention this week is, also from Sourcepoint, the Eighth Immortal, number one of four, and I really liked cover B, the Gracie Bifulco cover. Written by Jake Murray, interior art by Alice Lee Barnes, Kuripan has spent her immortality protecting humanity from the threat of an ancient prophecy. But time and a secret trauma have worn her down, forcing her to choose between her duty and her sanity. The Eighth Immortal is a scandalous fantasy, that asks the question, should anything last forever? Now this is rated mature, and with a blurb that includes the term scandalous, it's one of the reasons I, I picked it, as well as the cover. It feels like a, like a woodcut. It's stark black and white. We've got tinges of art deco and perhaps Nordic runes. So I can't wait to check this one out. The last Source Point Press book is War Corns, Combat Unicorns for Hire, number one. Written by Garrett Gunn, art by Kit Wallace. It's back to basics, as Big Sarge, Gunny, and Floater enlist in War Corns division and try to survive basic training. This all-new adventure is a prequel to the critically acclaimed War Corns one-shot. I don't recall the War Corns one-shot, but it, yes, it's it's war unicorns. It's it's a uh, it's some sort of apparently violent because it's rated uh, mature. Some sort of violent, funny, weird, cartoony 
unicorn comedy thing. Reminds me of Scotty Young's I Hate Fairyland, a.k.a. Fuck Fairyland. Or perhaps Derek Hunter's Pretty Violent with lots of swears. In that there's some cute cartooniness with abject violence. We'll see if War Corn's Combat Unicorns for Hire number one lives up to that. And the last comic, which isn't quite a comic, is interesting because it was found on the Previews World website where I've gotten all of these other picks from, but when I clicked on it for the synopsis it said, Item not found. And I was not able to find any links on the PreviewsWorld.com to get more details, so I had to go elsewhere. I'm over at JoeBlow.com. It's Night of the Living Dead, the children's book. This comes from a publisher known as Gory Books. And the book is sort of like the little golden books with a hard cover and like 12 pages landscape. And yeah, it's the children's adaptation of um, Night of the Living Dead, the classic George A. Romero zombie movie that started a genre. All I can see online from researching it are the variant covers, which are amazing. We see Ben and Barbara in several of them. We see Cooper's daughter that wants to kill him in a cute style, just like this cute series. So this will be a kind of a cool mashup. Obviously, it's not for kids, or it's probably not for kids with, with the subject matter, but it's in the style of a kid's book. So I love the mashup quality of it. And those were my picks for the first issues coming out this week, Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. Once again, let me know if you like the format change of the podcast, where I used to review one comic book in detail. Now I'm talking about several new comics coming out this week to perhaps entice you into picking a few up. Don't forget to head over to comicshoplocator.com and find your own local comic shop to get these comics from. Now more than ever, they need our patronage. Also, tell them VM Campo sent you if you pick up one of the books I talked about. And speaking of patronage, head on over to patreon.com slash vmcampos and pledge to the podcast for as little as one dollar. You'll get access to exclusive stuff, such as giveaways and contests. And if you upgrade to the $2 tier, I'll actually mail you some comics in appreciation. If you can't pledge at the moment, no worries. Simply follow for free on Patreon to be alerted to everything that I do. This has been the Weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club, and I'll see you next week.